It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What? What? Got, audio, I got audio. There you oh, go. There you go. Hi. Hi, Hi. 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 how you doing? Brian, what's going on? What's cooking? Hi. Hey, Lydia. Uh, good morning. Buenos dias. Are you with us, Lydia? Still trying to get that uh, sound going, I guess. Susan, are you still out in California? Yeah, I'm going to go home tomorrow. I stayed another week. You're not out there where those fires are, are you? Uh, It's very smoky. We can't even look. Yeah, it's it's been pretty bad. Got Smokey the Bear on the job? On the job. All right. Yeah. He flies helicopters now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Look at a bear flies helicopters. <laughs> I don't know, Deb. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. <laughs> yeah, we woke up. I woke up yesterday morning. I keep my window wide open and... Um, I woke up in the middle of the night. I thought somebody was burning toast and I just checked to make sure everybody was okay and went back to bed. And then my daughter came flying in a couple hours later. I could barely breathe. The whole room was covered in soot. Oh, wow. It was crazy. And we're, you know, we're, we're 30 minutes from Sonoma, but, um, so it's, it's been crazy, but. They burning up all those vineyards up there. I don't, you know, I don't want to watch. I don't know. I know one in particular, a favorite of my daughter's was is gone. Um, it's a champagne vineyard, but I don't know anything else. Might be a shortage. Good time to invest in wine. There might be a shortage coming up, huh? Good idea. The minute I get home. Mm. Where is everybody? Yeah, where is everybody? <laughs> Hi, Brian. Hello. Hello. How are you guys? Good. Good. Did you take out the trash there, Brian? Yeah. Oh, wait. Can you guys read that text? Yeah, you that text? me a text earlier this morning that she's quitting the class. Oh, if you feel like you can call her, I did text her after that she suggested some options. Man. Who, who quit? Who quit? Regina. Oh, she did. Oh, the bummer. Oh. I guess things got a little bit more hectic than what she expected. Yeah, that's too bad. I don't know if it's with her daughter or what, but hope everything's all right. Yeah. It's a bunch of 
That's too bad. I just met her. <laughs> yeah, she's a sweetheart. Oh, we're all here. We just can't see everybody all at the same time. Did you guys figure that out? Did you cut that little arrow at the top? Oh, uh, that's... <laughs> Reverend and Kelly's controlling that. No, you can click the arrow. You can see everybody else. But click the which one? The little blue arrow. Oh, arrow. Maybe we're not. Maybe we don't have the same viewer. But mine has a little blue arrow, and I can see everybody else. Nope, I can't. Oh. I can. I can see. I can see everyone. I think. If you click the participants at the bottom, oh, you'll oh, see yeah. the on the right hand side. I can't see them all at the same time, though. Oh, there they are. Now you can. Yeah. So are there just four of us? No, five. See. Where's Benjamin? Eight of us. The bottom. There's six of us. See that Reverend Kelly's fingers? Plus me. Oh, now I got everybody. Yeah, there you go. Reverend Where's Kelly's going to trouble counting this morning. What? <laughs> With Kelly, you get eight. <laughs> Okay. Where are we at? Yes, we might know what. Are we on four seventy five? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes. We're starting today. Yeah. Don't be mean to me. <laughs> Don't be mean to me. That's a title. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? You're right about that. Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin. Oops. What what uh, what is the title of the section we're starting today? Specialness of salvation. salvation. Oh, what? oh, sorry. All right. Okay. Let's start the start reading. Yeah. Jack, did you get it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Specialness and salvation. Okay. Four seventy five. Specialness and salvation. Did it say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. My computer is just doing something freaky. <laughs> Okay, right, I'm, I'm trying to find my book, so I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Specialness and salvation. Specialness is a lack of trust in anyone except yourself. Faith is invested in yourself alone. Everything else becomes, everything else becomes your enemy, feared and attacked, deadly and dangerous. Aided and worthy only of destruction. Whatever gentleness it offers is but deception, but its hate is real. In danger of destruction, um, it must kill, and you are drawn to it to kill it first. And such is guilt's attraction. Here is death enthroned as savior. Crucifixion is now redemption, and salvation can only mean destruction of the world. Except yourself. My turn? Is it me? Brian, <laughs> what could the purpose... I'm always after Benjamin. It makes it very easy. What could, the purpose, <laughs> what could the purpose of the body be but specialness? 
and it is this that makes it frail and helpless in its own defense. It was conceived to make you frail and helpless. The goal of separation is its curse. Yet bodies have no goal. Purpose is of the mind. And mind can change as they desire. What they are in all their attributes, they cannot change. But what they hold as purpose can be changed. And body states and body states must shift accordingly. Of itself, the body can do nothing. See it as a means to hurt, and it is hurt. See it as a means to heal, and it is healed. My turn. You can but hurt yourself. This has been oft repeated, but is, but is difficult to grasp as yet. To mind intent on specialness, it is impossible. Yet to those who wish to heal and not attack, it is quite obvious. The purpose of attack is in the mind, and its effects are felt but where it is. Nor is mind limited. So must it be that harmful purpose hurts the mind as one. Nothing could make less sense to specialness. Nothing could make more sense to miracles. For miracles are merely change of purpose from hurt to healing. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, Jack. <clears throat> this shift in purpose does endanger specialness, but only in the sense that all illusions are threatened by the truth. They will not stand before it. Yet what comfort has ever yet what comfort has ever been in them that you would keep the gift your father asked from him and give it there instead? Give to him the universe is yours. Given to him the universe is yours. Offered to them, no gifts can be returned. What you have what you have given specialness has left you bankrupt and your treasure house barren and empty with an open door inviting everything that would disturb your peace to enter and destroy. Mm -hmm. So long ago, we said, consider not the means by which salvation is attained, nor how to reach it, but do consider and consider well, whether it is your wish that your might, that you might see your brother sinless. To specialness, the answer must be no. A sinless brother is its enemy, while sin, if it were possible, would be its friend. Your brother's sins would justify itself and give it meaning that the truth denies. All that is real proclaims his sinlessness. All that is false proclaims his sins as real. If he is sinful then is your reality not real, but just a dream of specialness, which lasts an instant, crumbling into dust? Do not defend this senseless dream in which God is bereft of what he loves, and you remain beyond salvation. Only this is certain in this shifting world which has no meaning in reality, when peace is not with you entirely, and when you suffer pain of any kind, you have beheld some sin within your brother and have rejoiced at what you thought was there. Your specialness seems safe because of it, and thus you saved what you appointed to be your Savior and crucified the one whom God has given you instead. So are you bound with him, for you are one. 
and so is specialness his enemy and yours as well. Susan, you're up if you're ready. Reading or? Going to discuss? Do us just talk? Yeah. Talk or read? Talk time. Yeah, I think we should talk. Yeah, for me, this is still just pounding it in, you know, reflection of what I see. Um, I'm never going to have peace while I keep judging my brother or my husband. (laughs) (laughs) He is your brother. He's your brother. Yeah. Yeah. I had a client yesterday who is it's kind of reflexive. She is making someone else special. Like in this description, it usually it makes us put like sound like we are the ones putting ourselves above and that the other person is put down, which is part of the description. And so it was interesting because she's really she she's putting them above by making them special. So she's also making herself less than. So she's also making herself special at the same time. But it's interesting because the language here kind of makes the assumption that you're putting yourself above the other person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so I, I thought that was an interesting way to see it manifest itself kind of in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So she becomes smaller and that's how she's special. Mm-hmm. It makes them so different from her. And- mm-hmm. That's what we do. <laughs> Yeah. I know yeah. that husband, it, it, uh, a woman once told me it, it was her husband. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Oh, Reverend Kelly, that's so true. Mm-hmm. People don't even people don't even know you're upset with him, but you're suffering and you can't sleep and you can't eat. But I mean, the person that made you so upset or was the cause of this upset doesn't mm-hmm. even know you're alive. I mean, <laughs> usually. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or they can go play golf. <laughs> Well, whose turn to read now? The resolution of the dream. Um, The Christ in you is very still. He looks on what he loves and knows it as himself, and thus does he rejoice at what he sees because he knows that it is one with him and with his father. Specialness, too, takes joy in what it sees, although it is not true. Yet what you seek for is a source of joy as you conceive it. What you wish is true for you. Nor is it possible that you can wish for something and lack faith that it is so. Wishing makes real as surely as does will create. The power of a wish upholds illusions as strongly as does love extend itself, except that one deludes the other heals. 
Is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there is no dream of specialness, however hidden or disguised the form. For however lovely it may seem to be, however much it delicately offers the hope of peace and the escape from pain into which you suffer not your condemnation. In dreams, in dreams, effect and cause are interchanged. For here the maker of the dream believes that what he made what he made is happening to him. He does not realize he picked a thread from here, a strap from there, and wove a picture out of nothing. For the parts do not belong together, and the whole contributes nothing to the parts to give them meaning. Where could, where could your peace arise but from forgiveness? The Christ in you looks only on the truth and sees no condemnation that could need forgiveness. He is at peace because he sees no sin. Identify with him and what has he thought. Blah, blah, blah. Identify with him and what has he that you have not. Oh, identify with him and what has he that you have not. He is in your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet. How gentle are the sights he sees, the sounds he hears. How beautiful his hand that holds his brothers and how lovingly he walks beside him showing him what can be seen and heard and where he will see nothing and there is no sound to hear. Yet let your specialness direct his way and he will follow. And both will walk in danger, each intent in the dark forest of the sightless, unlit but by the shifting tiny gleams that spark an instant from the fireflies of sin and then let go to lead the other to a nameless precipice and hurl him over it over it for what can specialness delight in but to kill what does it seek for but the sight of death where does it lead but to destruction yet think not that it looked upon your brother first or hated him before it hated you the sin its eyes behold in him and love to look upon its taunt in you and looks on still with joy yet is is it joy to look upon decay and madness and believe this crumbling thing with flesh already loosened from the bone and sightless holes for eyes is like yourself. Rejoice. You have no eyes with which to see, no ears to listen, and no hands to hold nor feet to guide. Be glad that only Christ can lead you, lend you his while you have need of them. They are illusions too, as much as yours. And yet, because they serve a different purpose, the strength their purpose holds is given them. And what they see and hear and hold and lead to, lead, is given light that you may lead as you were led. The Christ in you is very still. He knows where you are going, and he leads you there in gentleness and blessing all the way. His love for God replaces all the fear you thought you saw within yourself. His holiness shows you himself in him, whose hand you hold, and whom you lead to him. And what you see is like yourself. For what but Christ is there to see and hear and love and follow home? He looked upon you first, but recognized that you were not complete. And so he sought for your completion in each living thing that he beholds and loves. 
and seeks it still, that each might offer you the love of God. Yet is he quiet, for he knows that love is in you now and safely held in you by that same hand that holds your brothers in your own. Christ's hand holds all his brothers in himself. <clears throat> he gives them vision for their sightless eyes and sings to them of heaven that their ears may hear no more the sound of battle and of death. He reaches through them, holding out his hand that everyone may bless all living things and see their holiness. And he rejoices that these sights are yours to look upon with him and share his joy. His perfect lack of specialness he offers you that you may save all living things from death, receiving from each one the gift of life that your forgiveness offers to yourself. The sight of Christ is all there is to see. The song of Christ is all there is to hear. The hand of Christ is all there is to hold. There is no journey but to walk with him. You who would, beautiful. Be content, mm -hmm. you who would be content with specialness and seek salvation in a war with love, consider this. The Holy Lord of heaven has himself come down to you to offer you your own completion. What is his is yours because in your completion is his own. He who willed not to be without his son could never will that you be brotherless. And would he give a brother unto you except he be as perfect as yourself and just as like to him in holiness as you must be? There, um, there must be doubt before there can be conflict. Every doubt must be about yourself. Christ has no doubt, and from his certainty, that's where his quiet comes. From his certainty, his quiet comes. He will exchange his certainty for all your doubts if you agree that he is one with you and that this oneness is endless, timeless, and within your grasp because your hands are his. He is within you, yet he walks beside you at the same time and goes before you leading the way that he must go to find himself complete. His quietness becomes your certainty. And where is doubt when certainty has come? Um, let's see. Um, so, you know, in my own situation and um, what all has taken place, um, it's, you know, really looking, really seeing only that Christ in another person, um, letting everything else fall away. And, um, and from what I am getting here, you know, that, that the Lord of heaven has come down you know, to, to help me with that. Um, I love this the sentence in page on paragraph 48. I was just saying this this morning. You know, Christ is in me, beside me, and Christ leads the way. And um, to also see that in another person. Mm -hmm. um, and I get to ask for God's help to do that, and the Holy Spirit's help. And much more peaceful outcome seems to be going on because of that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah.
But do you want me to go next? I guess I'm going next. Um, the, uh, it got a little Halloween-y on us in paragraph <laughs> The flesh loosened from the bone. Um, <laughs> and, um, what, uh, and so it started to occur to me, I'm new to studying this so seriously, it started to occur to me that, you know, the um, strong metaphor or the dark metaphor helps us to grab it more easily in a moment of distress, I think, because in a moment of distress, you're so triggered emotionally or whatever's going on. And so it's, you know, you feel heat in your chest or you, you start to sweat or whatever's going on with you, you feel it in your body. And you, so this image is so um, remarkable that you can kind of grab onto whatever is there instead of running to your default whatever behavior if you need to. And um, I found that really, uh, when first obviously I found it kind of like, okay, calm down. But then I was like, oh, and now I understand. So that, that kind of helped me a lot in some way. And then I also give um, the beautiful paragraph that we, um, where, 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 the one where he we talked to, uh, mm, yes, number 46. Um, that um, it's the hand is always there when in the moment of loss. The hand is always there. What uh, the sight is there and all that. That was I thought that was very helpful way to um, you know remind in some ways. I guess one of the things that strikes yeah. me uh, in, in in this is one of the things that has come to mind recently, and that is. Uh, what what uh, and it's not directly stated in here this way, but it's like what makes us believe that there's that there's this Satan or this devil or this whatever that is that is keeping us away from making the decision to trust in Christ and following. And uh, I guess just more recently than not that, that just kind of came to my attention because I see so many people wanting to to um, find something else to blame. And I, I mean, it's it's kind of like what we've been reading about all this time is, is that we're always trying to put the blame somewhere and not accept the responsibility ourselves um, for what we choose. Hmm. And as long as we can project it onto something else or somebody else, uh, we we can avoid the responsibility and and the responsibility is ours to to make that choice to uh, to not believe in this deception. Uh, uh, Jack, you and Brian both mentioned the same thing: deception, devil, and Halloween. I think we could use Halloween as a very good learning tool. What happens in Halloween? We dress up in a costume. We put a face on, right? We go trick or treat. It's almost like a game of children hide and seek, right? Mm -hmm. We know that we're not the costume and there's somebody behind it. There's also really the Christ behind that, but it's not in our heads. You know, but, but you know, I think there's some meat on that Halloween, you know, thing to, for what the Course is teaching, you know, to get back to who you really are. Because that's what you're saying, Jack, really. You know, why do we think about a devil or, you know, the flesh. It's because we've forgotten, right? Mm -hmm. We've forgotten who we are. We're not a body. (laughs) 
I really appreciate what Jack said, Jack, what you said about, you know, our belief in Satan projecting the blame, because I've always tried to figure out with, um, like, that's Bill's new path, you know, he, he feels, and that's my husband, um, and I don't know how to have any discussion with him around it, because I don't really understand, I mean, I've been a Christian all my life, but I don't understand this thing about Satan, I never have. So I like what you said about projecting the blame onto someone else because like that is Bill's latest thing. He's never been into religion or Christianity or anything. Um, but he's so into Satan right now that that is what has caused him to do these things. And I don't know, I, and that's neither here nor there. It's just, I've never thought of Satan as a belief as a um, projection, projecting the blame. And I just, I really, that really helps me a lot to um, understand something I didn't get before. Mm -hmm. Now, I think, you know, a born-again Christian or whatever it is, or they are, or whatever, is, would reject that notion, of course. But it helps me. Mm -hmm. I think Christianity, to, to a large extent, has, has, you know, has projected, has, has been projecting for for eons or for as long yeah. as it's been around. But, but you know, if you look at it, you know, Satan is just another word for our ego. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. It's, it's yeah. just a the devil. The devil. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. the devil made me do it. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, accept it. You're the cause. <laughs> yeah. Your, your thoughts, yeah. uh, you know, that's ah. where you're headed with it. Your, your false beliefs and your false perceptions is what leads you. And I mean, you're, you can say you're not responsible for it, but yes, you are. But at the same time, we're all deceived in, in various different ways because there's so much out there that can deceive us. Mm -hmm. And all we can do is go, okay, yeah, wow, I was deceived. I didn't realize it. And, you know, awaken to the things that, that you, you uh, realize that you were deceived at and, and then go on. Don't, don't kick yourself. Don't guilt trip yourself. And, uh, you know, certainly don't go into fear uh, because that just generates more projection and more misperception. But, you know, the, the, the Satan thing is very strong within a Christian community. And it's not something that Christianity is going to let go of lightly, even though eventually. <laughs> you know, never. Can, I add, can I add something to that real quick? Um, um, so right now I'm living with my very, very good friend and she's very strong Christian. And so the course has come into my life, but not hers. And I mean, I, it is constant, um, you know, casting out Satan <laughs> and, you know, Satan. It's, I, I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, I'm so glad that I now know the difference. I mean, I now, like I have truth. And it's it's very it's just so fear based. It's craziness. Yeah. yeah. 
it's really hard to live with that because it's constantly coming at me. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. one of the things that one of the things that I've noticed that is that, um, and, and I I had a good friend of mine come to town and and you know he's dealing with some things with with his his kids and and trying to you know get rights and stuff like that and and we had and he's an old and, and so we've been, we've been talking. Her name is Jess, I think. She's so nice. Are you with us, Benjamin? <laughs> uh, but sorry. Anyway, to me, I mean, I found that it's okay for somebody if they want to believe in the devil, they want to believe that you know Satan does this, Satan does that. You know, from the Course in Miracles perspective we are learning and we are awakening to the fact that that our egos that devil inside uh, but for others it's not they're not there yet oh. and it's okay right uh, you know right. Christ is working with them in, in the way that Christ will work with all of us mm -hmm. in the way that is in our best interest right. so I don't have to change anybody's mind that's mm -hmm. not my responsibility that's that's the Holy Spirit all I can do to support them in in moving forward with with their understanding, and I can share my understanding with them, but and they don't have to believe me. And yeah. That's okay. Right. Thank you, Jack. That was wonderful. I agree. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Absolutely. And accepting of them as they are, you know, where they are. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. Okay. Is it Brian's turn? I think Brian. it is. Is it Brian's turn to read? Yeah. Brian's muted. Uh, okay, here I am. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I said it really good, too, so I'll try to do it again. So, <laughs> before your brother's holiness, the world is still, and peace descends on it in gentleness and blessing, so complete that not one trace of conflict still remains to haunt you in the darkness of the night. Very Halloween guy. He is your savior from the dreams of fear. He is the healing of your sense of sacrifice and fear that what you have will scatter with the wind and turn to dust. In him is your assurance God is here and with you now. While he is what he is, you can be sure that God is knowable and will be known to you. For he could never leave his own creation. And the sign that this is so lies in your brother offered you that all your doubts about yourself may disappear before his holiness. See in him God's creation, for in him his Father waits for your acknowledgement that he created you as part of him. Without you there would be a lack in God, a heaven incomplete, a son without a father. There could be no universe and no reality, for what God wills is whole and part of him, because his will is one. Nothing alive that is not part of him, and nothing is but is alive in him. Your brother's holiness shows you that God is one with him and you. That what he, that what he has is yours because you are not separate from him nor from his father. Nothing is lost to you in all the universe. Nothing that God created has he failed to lay before you lovingly as yours forever and no thought within his mind is absent from your own 
It is his will you share, his love, and look upon yourself as lovingly as he conceived of you before the world began and as he knows you still. God changes not his mind about his son and passing circumstances, which has no meaning in eternity where he abides and you with him. Your brother is as he created him, and it is this that saves you from a world that he created not. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that is good. Forget not that the healing of God's son is all the world is for. Ooh. That is the only purpose the Holy Spirit sees in it, and thus the only one it has. Until you see the healing of the son as all you wish to be accomplished by the world, by time, and all appearances, you will not know the Father nor yourself. For you will use the world for what it is not, it, for what is not its purpose and will not escape its laws of violence and death. What's happening? Yet, mm -hmm. Yet it is given you to be beyond its laws in all respects, in every way, and in every circumstance. In yeah. all t I know. <laughs> in all temptation to perceive what is not there, and all belief of God's Son can suffer pain, because he sees himself as he is not. Look on your brother and behold in him the whole reversal of the laws that seem to rule this world. <clears throat> See in his freedom yours, for such it is. Let not his specialness obscure the truth in him, for not one law of death you bind him to will you escape. And not one sin you see in him, but keeps you both in hell. Yet will his perfect sinlessness release you both, for holiness is quite impartial, <clears throat> with one judgment made for all it looks upon. And that is made not of itself, but through the voice that speaks for God in everything, that lives and shares his being. It is his sinlessness that eyes which see can look upon. It is his loveliness they see in everything. And it is he they look for everywhere and find no sight nor place nor time where he is not. Within your brother's holiness, the perfect frame for your salvation and the world is set the shining memory of him in whom your brother lives and you along with him. Let not your eyes be blinded by the veil of specialness that hides the face of Christ from him and you as well. And let the fear of God no longer hold the vision you were meant to see from you. Your brother's body shows not Christ to you. He is set forth within his holiness. Choose then his body or his holiness as what you want to see, and which you and which you choose is yours to look upon. <clears throat> Yet will you choose in countless situations and through time which seems to have no end until the truth be your decision. For eternity is not regained by still one more denial of Christ in him. And where is your salvation if he is but a body? Where is your peace but in his holiness? And where is God himself but in that part of him he set forever in your brother's holiness that you might see the truth about yourself set forth at last in terms that you recognize and understand? 
Your brother's holiness sacrament of benediction to you. His heirs cannot withhold God's blessing from himself, nor you who see him truly. His mistakes can cause delay, which it is given you to take from him that both may end a journey that has never been begun and needs no end. What never was is not a part of you, yet you will think it is until you realize that it is not a part of him who stands before, beside you. He is the mirror of yourself, wherein you see the judgment you have laid on both of you. The Christ in you beholds his holiness. Your specialness looks on his body and beholds him not. See him as what he is, that your deliverance may not be long. A senseless wandering, without a purpose and without accomplishment of any kind, is all the other choice can offer you. Futility of function not fulfilled will haunt you while your brother lies asleep till what has been assigned to you is done and he has risen from the past. He who condemned himself and you as well is given you to save from condemnation along with you and both shall see God's glory in his son whom you mistook as flesh and bound to laws that have no power over him at all. Would you not gladly realize these laws are not for you? Then see him not as prisoner to them. It cannot be what governs part of God holds not for all the rest. You place yourself under the law you see as ruling him. Think then how great the love of God for you must be that he has given you a part of him to save from pain and give you happiness. And never doubt but that your specialness will disappear before the will of God, whose love each part of him, who loves each part of him with equal love and care. The Christ in you can see your brother truly. Would you decide against the holiness he sees? Mm -hmm. Specialness is the function which you gave yourself. It stands for you alone as self-created, self-maintained, in need of nothing, and unjoined with anything beyond the body. In its eyes, you are a separate universe with all the power to hold itself complete within itself, with every entry shut against intrusion and every window barred against the light. Always attacked and always furious, with anger always fully justified. You have pursued this goal with vigilance. You never thought to yield and effort that you never thought to cease. And all this grim determination was for this. You wanted specialness to be the truth. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Now you are merely asked that you pursue another goal with far less vigilance, with little effort and with little time and with the power of God, maintaining it and promising success. Yet of the two, it is this one you find more difficult. The sacrifice itself you understand, nor do you deem this cost too heavy. But a tiny willingness, a nod to God, agreeing to the Christ in you, you find a burden, wearisome and tedious, too heavy to be borne. Yet to the dedication to the truth as God established it, no sacrifice is asked, no strain called forth, and all the power of heaven and the might of truth itself is given to provide the means and guarantee the goal's accomplishment. You who believe it easier to 
see your brother's body than his holiness, be sure you understand what made this judgment. Here's the voice of specialness heard clearly. Judging against the Christ and setting forth for you the purpose that you can attain and that you cannot do, and what you cannot do. Forget not that this judgment must apply to... Um, forget not that this judgment must apply to what you do with it as your ally. For what you do through Christ, it does not know. To him, this judgment makes no sense at all, for only what his Father wills is possible, and there is no alternative for him to see. Out of his lack of conflict comes your peace, and from his purpose comes the means for effortless accomplishment and rest. Good section. Okay. Well. Um, uh, I really connect with the specialness. Um, I think, um, I know it's the ego, and um, I just began to realize that the specialness that, I mean, even, even a person like myself guarding their specialness is it keeps me actually from connecting with people in the real way mm-hmm. and connecting with people is the only way to see the Christ in them. It's a dilemma, isn't it? <laughs> it, is, it is, it is. It, and the thing is I, I'm, I'm very fearful of conflict, very fearful of people yelling at me. Um, and I'm, but even, even guarding that is keeping me from actually connecting with these people. Um, just recently, um, I, I went to a Course in Miracles study group that was really far from my house. It was like maybe a 40-minute drive. I was really desperate to get a community going. And um, I, it, was in a, it was in an area where there are not a lot of people of color and that doesn't usually put me off at all. But, um, as I was getting out of the car, cause I was a little early <laughs> as I was getting out of the car, some teenagers, <laughs> some teenagers rode by and one of them said the N word. And I was, I was so like fearful of a word, so fearful that, I didn't know what to do. I, I stayed in my car for longer than I needed to. Um, I mean, they were gone. They were long gone. And I, I thought, wow, am I going to let this really keep me from going to this meeting? But all these things were going in my mind. And I was able to, I was able to say, gosh, do you really, I mean, do you really want to let some something like this keep you from actually connecting with these people and i thought well no not really so i did get out of the car and i did go to the meeting i ended up not not continuing the meetings because they were too far away and i um i i have a problem falling asleep while driving so like after i didn't have a problem falling asleep going there but like coming back um, I did not off a bit, 
and it was a long drive and it was dark and I was thinking, ah, I can't do this like on a weekly basis. It's just too much for me. So I, I did tell them that I wouldn't be back, but um, I, I thought like, you know, being fearful can so keep you from connecting and reaching out. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are really good. I mean, they're good people and they're good to be around. But when, when it comes to difficult people or what I perceive as difficult, I try to avoid. And that's not the way, that's not the way to see Christ in other people because it's really just avoidance. Wow. That's. There's a lot, a great deal in what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> that's really amazing. I mean, good for you for getting out the car. Oh, finally. <laughs> I cannot imagine. I mean, we're talking about not having judgments against other people. I can't even fathom what that would be like. And I'm so sorry that happened to you. Just Oh, you know uh, what? I I was able I was able to say like um and and I guess like with with Buddhism, you sort of try to when someone does something really heinous, which is what, how I've been dealing with what happened in Las Vegas, is that you have to see this person as yourself. You have to see this as something you've done yourself and justified and, and, try, and try to connect that way mm -hmm. because when yeah. you see your imperfection in that person, it makes you one. So... If, if someone says like a hurtful word, when I, I know I've said a hurtful word, like not to someone's face, but I know I probably said a hurtful word. And I thought, yeah, how many times have I done that and justified it? And now here, these teenagers are going that way on their bikes and they said something and justified it. And I said, it's not so different. So it was, it was instant that I was able to forgive them and get out of the car. That's, and that's what the course has taught me. Mm. Don't shy away from it. Look at it, see it for what it is and forgive it as soon as you can. <laughs> <laughs> wow. As soon as you can, <laughs> <laughs> even if it takes a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I would I would look go back to Halloween again, you know, that the person that we talk about, that's our Halloween costume that's on the street, you know, mm -hmm. full loving Mickey Mouse, who cares, but it's not who we are, you know, mm -hmm. so it's, you know, that's, that's seeing the heart instead of the person, you know, the, the, the costume. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> wow. That's interesting that uh, you, uh, you know, you're kind of, I guess, guided, perhaps directed to, to go to this group. And you only went to it one time, but whatever lesson was there was there. And mm -hmm. I suspect you got it, you know. Yeah. Uh, not return, I think, was just perhaps just an indication that doing that, that is a long drive. And falling asleep is not probably a good idea. Uh, no. <laughs> and, and what you encountered there, 
made you come to this awareness, which is fantastic. (laughs) And there were great people there. Um, a a couple of great people. Um, and I was able to connect with them, but, um, I did send an email out to the group that like, you know, I've had too many accidents where I fell asleep and I'm thinking, ah, no, I, I just, I can't risk it on a weekly basis. Um, I just have to like, try to find another group or go groupless. I don't know what happened to her screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where is that? <laughs> I really appreciate yeah. you sharing that, Lydia. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Somebody. Benjamin, Benjamin. Talk. Yeah. yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hi. Okay, great. Hey. Yeah, I have a I have a trampoline I was bouncing on right there. <laughs> a, I see it. I yeah. see it. That's all right. But um well yeah, like what Susan said, I, I, uh, even though that you taken responsibility for what you experience, I still feel like I apologize on their behalf that happened to you. I'm really sorry that happened, and I'm kind of shocked that people even say the N word, and that's uh just not nice and um yeah so i was i'm glad you handled it so well and and looked for it as an opportunity to bring you closer to god instead of further away from god and that's really beautiful of you and um yeah this um in this passages in this last Last Why are couple of passages we've read. Huh? Sorry, things froze on my computer. Everything's okay now. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, with this last plus couple of passages we, we've read, uh, um, uh, my sense, what I want to share with the group uh, on, a, in an, on, on a new train of thought is um is is, um i just feel comforted to be reminded how easy it is to accomplish something with god instead of trying to accomplish something by ourselves. um not trying to join with god's plan and um right now i'm having to practice that really hard really deliberately as possible because my wife and i i don't know if you guys know we just got married like two months ago three months ago and we we are in the process of buying some property and a house and it's like so many opportunities where i want to take control of the situation and then i really in the last couple of days there's been times when i'll put in a lot of energy to figure out 
one detail about something and then my wife will be like let's just let it go and pray and then she'll we'll let it go and pray and then she'll do one thing online and figure oh here's the answer of everything you've been trying to do for like all this time and i'm like dang it how do you keep doing that and so she like i was trying to find like a certain something and i and i couldn't find it and i was really putting all my attention towards it and then we prayed together and then she just woke up to the and found it um so and then I, it just like keeps happening so it's just a good reminder first of all to do things with god and to ask god first because and then second of all to be reminded um that like my my house is not really what i'm seeking and that's not what the world is for you know and and that said that earlier today the world is not for like the purposes that my our ego is using it for it's for like the purposes to reach out to the christ in your brother and we do need to it's helpful to have a basic needs met which i do so um yeah today even doing this call i'm really trying to pull my mind into this time that i'm sharing with you and with jesus to remember that all christ is our only goal and nothing that i'm accomplishing in, in the material realm will be with me longer than this lifetime only the love that i share with you guys so um so yeah that's that's what that's what's about so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So something that Benjamin said, I wanted to ask the group about and Reverend Kelly, maybe you can weigh in here too, is in uh, paragraph 52 um, it says, forget not that the healing of God's son is all the world is for. That is the only purpose the Holy Spirit sees in it and thus the only one it has. And so part of my, and probably this is a simple question answer, but so when we say sentence like that, it, um, I don't know if it's making an assumption of we all have a wound or we all have something that we're fixing. And so that kind of, was screwing with my understanding, and so I wondered if someone well, the, could unpack it. We're healing our belief in separation from God, ultimately, mm-hmm. and then that that belief expresses itself as all all forms of separation, and those are like sickness, poverty, death, uh, sadness, and so that's the rest of our life.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think the the healing also. The healing part of it, to me, has always been the healing starts at home, uh, in your own heart. And, and if, if you can't heal, it's, it's the same thing with take the log out of your own eye before you try and take it out of somebody else's. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of things that have gone before in different ways, said in different ways. And, and if we're not willing to allow Christ to heal us, allow Holy Spirit to enlighten us, then we're, we're going to be totally handicapped in trying to help the rest of the world. Yeah. So. And, and anybody who could say that statement, what you're saying, like Reverend Kelly, I think they're only practicing the first part of the three parts of the crusade, which is seeing the thing differently, but not doing anything. And if that, and and so that is not what the Course in Miracles is teaching us to do. So, and 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 I, if I can just be a little raw about the situation, I think that that is lazy and not admirable. So and, yeah, and 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 then so often in our culture, there's people from the from out, outside of the culture of uh, the mystic who could look at somebody who's meditating and stuff and being like, you're just wasting time. And, and I think that, so we need to really be conscious of not getting too intellectual and, and forgetting to take action because then it paints a bad image for, for people who, you know, could label me as somebody who just, you know, thinks about things and doesn't actually change the world. And so I do, I want to expect for myself there's going to be relationships, volunteering, actions, choices, and miracles that we should expect from ourselves to happen, you know, regularly. And, and to work hard every day and to challenge and push ourselves. And don't worry about any typos because we know what your word basically is. <laughs> Yeah. So Maybe just auto correct her a little type, bit. Too. Type away. Yeah. Um. yeah. <laughs> oh, the. All right. Ten minutes. Okay. I'll be back on time this time.
Yeah. 
This is the not defend this senseless illusion in which God is bereft of what it loves, so you remain beyond salvation. Only this is certain in your perception, that you are in a shifting world that has no reality, meaning in reality. When you are not entirely peaceful, or when you suffer pain of any kind, you have been held in some form of separation or spirit, and you have rejoiced at it, because your specialness seems safe because of it. And so you have saved the specialness that the personal mind has appointed.
<clears throat> hey, Kelly, are you there? Uh, just want to let you know, uh, I, I, I appreciate your response on that stuff. I've even, I've even started, it, it was great. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I love getting re your responses. Uh, uh, I, I've already started getting one together to send back to you. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe we can just share a little bit more on that, but, uh, I, I really do appreciate it. <laughs> it always, your, your insight always helps. <laughs> well, I'll say you're welcome. That'll be my one talk for today. <laughs> That's sufficient. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> who's, who's got the dinger? <laughs> That's a good idea. It's my watch. <laughs> I mean, turn it off. I'll turn it off. We don't have to. It's just—I thought would you just set the time for everybody to be back? <laughs> you are kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who is the female dancing? Oh my god! Hey. <laughs> Did we miss something? My best friend is staying with me from San Francisco and she's been hiding in my bedroom so she wasn't hearing or anything and I said, it's a 10 minute break, come get your coffee. And so oh, I'm I'm <laughs> I don't live in West Hollywood, I live in Los Feliz. <laughs> <laughs> you made our day, we're probably going to tell jokes about that for a week. <laughs> Can you do it again, Carla? <laughs> Wait, make this clean But I can't see myself. I can't see myself. How come you can see me and I can't see myself? Come on, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin? Yeah. yeah. Did he drop off? Here I come. There he is. Oh, there he is. This is right here. Just a second. I cannot see myself, and I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> we can see you. That's yeah. weird, though. <laughs> It's funny to see Kelly struggling to talk, but she just, <laughs> that's a good time to make fun of her. <laughs> no. Okay, the, the meeting place? Is it the meeting? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, everybody, is everybody ready? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> How bitterly does everyone tied to this world defend the specialness he wants to be the truth. His wish is law unto him, and he obeys. 
Nothing his specialness demands does he withhold. Nothing it needs does he deny to what he loves. And while it calls to him, he hears no other voice. No effort is too great, no cost too much, no price too high, no, sorry, no price too dear to save his specialness from the least slight, the tiniest attack, the wide, the whispered doubt, the hint of threat, or anything but deepest reverence. This is your son, beloved of you as you are to your father, yet it stands in place of your creations, who are son to you, that you might share the fatherhood of God, not snatch it from him. What is this son that you have made to be your strength? What is this child of earth on whom such love is lavished? What is this parody of God's creation that takes the place of yours? And where are they? Now that the host of God has found another son, which he prefers to them, prefers to them. The memory of God shines not alone. What is within your brother still contains all of creation, everything created, creating, born and unborn as yet, still in the future or apparently gone by. What is in him is changeless, and your changelessness is recognized in its acknowledgement. The holiness in you belongs to him, and by your seeing it in him returns to you. All of the tribute you have given specialness belongs to him and thus returns to you. All of the love and care, the strong protection, the thought by day and night, the deep concern, the powerful conviction, this is you belong to him. Nothing you gave to specialness but is his due, and nothing due him is not due to you. How can you know your worth while specialness claims you instead? How can you fail to know it is in his holiness? Seek not to make your specialness the truth, for if it were, you would be lost indeed. Be thankful, rather, it is given you to see his holiness, because it is the truth. And what is truth in him must be as true in you. Ask yourself this. Can you protect the mind? The body, yes, a little. Not, for time, not from time, but temporarily. And much you, much you must think, and much you think you save, you hurt. What would you save it for? For in that choice lie both its health and harm. Save it for show as bait to catch another fish. To house your specialness is better style is to house your specialness in better style or weave a frame of loveliness around your hate and you condemn it to decay and death. And if you see this purpose in your brothers, such is your condemnation of your own. Weave rather than a frame of holiness around him, that the truth may shine on him and give you safety from decay. Interesting. The Father keeps what he created safe. You cannot touch it with the false ideas you made because it was created not by you. Let not your foolish fancies frighten you. What is immortal cannot be attacked. What is but temporal has no effect. Only the purpose that you see in it has meaning. And if that is true, its safety rests secure. If not, 
It has no purpose and is, and is means for nothing. Whatever is perceived as means for truth shares in its holiness and rests in light as safety as itself, as safely as itself. Nor will that light go out when it is gone. Its holy purpose gave it immortality, setting another light in heaven where your creations recognize a gift from you, a sign that you have not forgotten them. The test of everything on earth is simply this. What is it for? The answer makes it what it is for you. It has no meaning of itself, yet you can give reality to it according to the purpose which you serve. Here, you are but means along with it. God is a means as well as end. In heaven, means and end are one and one with him. This is the state of true creation, found not within time but in eternity. To no one here is this describable, nor is there any way to learn what this condition means. Not till you let go past learning to the given, not till you make again a holy home for your creations is it understood. A co-creator with the Father must have a son, yet must this son have been created like himself, a perfect being, all-encompassing and all-encompassed, nothing to add and nothing taking, nothing taken from, not born of size, nor weight, nor time, nor held to limits or uncertainties of any kind. Here do the means and end unite as one, nor does this one have any end at all. All this is true, and yet it has no meaning to anyone who still retains one unlearned lesson in his memory, one thought with purpose still uncertain, or one wish with a divided aim. <clears throat> this course makes no attempt to keep... To teach what cannot easily be learned. Its scope does not exceed your own, except to say that what is yours will come to you when you are ready. Amen. Here are the means and purpose separate because they were so made and so perceived. And therefore, do we deal with them as if they were. It is essential it be kept in mind that all perception still is upside down until its purpose has been understood. Perception does not seem to be a means, and it, it is this that makes it hard to grasp the whole extent to which it, it must depend on what you see it for. Perception seems to teach you what you see, yet it but witnesses to what you taught. It is the outward picture of a, of a wish an image that you wanted to be true. Look at yourself. Am I, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Okay. Look at yourself and you will see a body. Look at this body in a different light and it looks different. And without a light, it seems that it is gone. Yet you are reassured that it is there because you still can feel it with your hands and hear it move. Here's an image that you want to be yourself. It is the means to make your wish come true. It gives the eyes with which you look on it, the hands that feel it, and the ears with which you listen to the sounds it makes. It proves its own reality to you. ...for evidence beyond itself and no escape within its sight. Its course is sure when seen through its own eyes. 
It grows and withers, flourishes and dies. And you cannot conceive of you apart from it. You brand it sinful and you hate its acts, judging it evil. Yet your specialness whispers, here is my own beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Thus does the son become the means to serve his father's purpose. Not identical, not even like, but still a means to offer to the father what he wants. Such is the travesty on God's creation. For as his son's creation gave him joy and witnessed to his love, love and shared his purpose, so does the body testify to the idea that made it and speak for its reality and truth. And thus are two sons made, and both appear to walk this earth without a meeting, a meeting place and no encounter. One do you see outside yourself, your own beloved son. The other rest within, his father's son, within your brother as he is in you. Their difference does not lie in how they look, nor where they go, nor even what they do. They have a different purpose. It is this that joins them to their like and separate to their like and separates each from all aspects with a different purpose. The Son of God retains his Father's will. The Son of Man perceives an alien will and wishes it were so. And thus does his perception save his wish by giving it appearance, appearances of truth. Yet can perception serve another goal? It is not bound to specialness but by your choice. And it is given you to make a different choice and use perception for a different purpose. And what you see will serve that purpose well and prove its own reality to you. Ooh. I like the clarity there. Awesome. <clears throat> awesome. Um, okay. Um, what? Oh, the remedy. Um, hold on just a second. Oh, I think she's talking to one of her clients about the remedy. Benjamin, she said. Benjamin, okay, great. Um, um, what this really speaks to me is, is about, um, I, I mentioned this when in like our first week when I was mentioning about quantum physics and they have proven in the quantum physics theory and mechanics that, you know, the, the, the something only, okay, a quantum wave only becomes a particle when it's observed by an observer. Uh, but until then it does, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. And so and so that is just the kind of the tip of the iceberg. But I think the Course in Miracles takes it further and says not only what it, that there's an observer that makes reality form, but like what you're looking to observe determines how it's going to take form. And so it, what I think is the difference between science and, and spirituality is science teaches the farthest things of quantum science can tell you how the universe is uh, made 
made, but the farthest things of wisdom can tell you what to do with the universe. And what I like about Jesus is when I, in the Course of Miracles, he was the first person to teach me this principle about the quantum observer effect, how to use that to its maximum potential, which is to look for miracles. And then, and then that's how the reality is going to condense itself and materialize based on what you're looking to perceive. So it's like the highest wisdom, which sees only innocence combined with the quantum observer effect makes for miracles. And so the, um, and um, the miracles. Oh, and look, okay. So looking at the person's Christ in them, we already talked about that in the chapter 24, but, but I just like that uh, so much that you, we, we're looking towards the light in you. And that's the self I'm going to see and experience. Ah, uh, uh, may I say something? <laughs> I, I totally, totally agree with what you just said. And um, I, I did, I was fascinated by the very theories of quantum physics, um, how things don't exist until we observe them and how we bring things into being by expecting certain outcomes. And I'm thinking we can use that I mean, the Course tells us to use this, and we can see Christ in other people and expect the best of them. I, of course, you know, I didn't personally know the person that did this horrible thing in Las Vegas, but had, had I met him I, and not known what he was planning, man, you know what? If any one of us had met him and not known what he was planning, and we, we expected the best of them, just in our minds, not anything we said, it would have made the world of difference. Yeah. And Lydia, I, I want to build on that, what you're saying, and propose something to the whole group, which is another thing that they say in quantum physics and also in the Course of Miracles, is that mir- miracles are the only thing that are at disposal for controlling time. It says we can control time. And mm-hmm. what I have often fantasized about, because it also says the last judgment is a process in which you go through all the memories that you have from every single lifetime, and you look at them with the Holy Spirit and bring healing to every single thing that wasn't mm-hmm. the thought of love. And when I thought, okay, that's start on an individual level, but then I fantasized out to the extreme, what would be the most extreme example? And what I was speculating that we, we can do that I think based on the theory of the Course in Miracles and what quantum physics says is that we can come to a time where we individually do that, but then also collectively and we can actually go using miracles to go back in time and, mm-hmm. and pray for things in the present that change things in the past. Yeah. And there's actually been yeah. healing experiment studies where hospitals have had a group of meditators pray for people that already had diagnoses of certain lifelong illnesses and they changed their diagnosis in the past from the present. And Dr. Dr. Joe Dispanzia did like a big study on that and basically approved that you can actually heal people's illnesses even if they've occurred in the past 
uh, because the time is nonlinear. And so if that's true, then we can heal all global grievances in our collective humanity culture, even things like the Holocaust or, or like when white, white people like hurt all the Native Americans, like we could eventually go back and heal all the collective uh, uh, um, samskaras and uh, grievances through the, this, this process of using miracles to control time and, and traverse through time. And, and um, so, so, it's, so it's really great what we are capable uh, to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think Reverend Kelly is writing. I don't see anything, <laughs> Reverend Kelly. <laughs> Or did she write your personal message? No, no. She's, I think she's writing. She is writing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um. <laughs> I, I, I totally, I totally get that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So anyways, this conversation about um, the power of perception and our choice in perception is so awesome. And I've also heard this, this statistic that we receive about we, our brain process. Our brain is exposed to about 2 billion bits of information per second but we only process about 2,000. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know how they came up with that, but what it means is that there could be multiple dimensions of things that are happening right before our eyes. Like mm-hmm. Jesus is stand, like Jesus says, I'm standing right next to you, walking with you. And he clarifully clarifies, I'm literally walking next to you. He says that in the Course in Miracles. I'm literally standing next to you all the time. And so he, he was careful to say, I'm not trying to be metaphorical. I'm literally standing right next to you. So there, there could be angels, uh, Jesus, ascended masters standing right next to us. But our, our perception is selectively only perceiving what we believe in. Mm-hmm. And so we need to anchor our beliefs in what Jesus is telling us is true so that, our, so that we allow our brain to process perceiving him. And angels and other things uh, that like can really help us uh, navigate our world. And so I'm very so yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, Jack. I don't know who finished reading last. I think Jack did. Jack. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Lydia. Oh. oh, okay. Um, <laughs> let me start. <laughs> the Christ in you inhabits not a body, yet he is in you, and thus it must be that you are not within a body. What is within you cannot be outside, and it is certain that you cannot be apart from what is at the very center of your life. What gives you life cannot be housed in death. 
no more can you. Christ is within a frame of holiness whose only purpose is that he may be made manifest to those who know him, not that he may call to them to come to him and see him where they thought their bodies were. Then will their bodies melt away that they may frame his holiness in them. Yay! No one who carries Christ in him can fail to recognize him everywhere except in bodies. And as long as they believe they are in bodies, where, where they think they are, he cannot be. And so they carry him unknowingly and do not make him manifest. And thus they do not recognize him where he is. The Son of Man is not the risen Christ, yet does the Son of God abide exactly where he is and walks with him within his holiness, as plain to see as is his specialness set forth within his body. The body needs no healing, but the mind that thinks it is the body is sick indeed. And it is here that Christ sets forth the remedy. His purpose folds the body in his light and fills it with the holiness that shines from him. And nothing that the body says or does but makes him manifest. To those who know him not, it carries him into gentleness and love to heal their minds. Such is the mission that your brother has for you. And such it must be that your mission is for him. Hmm. Susan. The body needs no healing, but the mind that thinks it is a body is sick indeed. Um, This one is big for me because all my thoughts that come in at night still, still bother me. Um, where I have, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about this before where I just, I'm so happy during the day, but at night these thoughts come and just eat me alive. I'll be up for hours. So mm. I know my mind still needs so much healing. And, uh, this is just a tough one for me because I feel so out of control at night. Anyway, that's just kind of what I was thinking about when I read that. You know, the mind, we've been accustomed to thinking that the the thinking mind in our head, and that's who we are, which is completely false. That's completely bullshit. And, you know, there's a the lesson in the course. I'm never upset for the reason that I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's look at that just a second, tweak it just a bit. I am upset because I am thinking. All of our problems, all of our problems are coming from this thinking mind. All of them. Cut off your head. You know, since you were a kid, again, who you are. That feeling has never left you. Yeah. You know, it's behind the seer. It's there. It's always there. But the thinking mind is going to hijack us every time if we let it go there. Yeah. So abandon the thought process. You know, it's like abandoned ship, you know. That that ship's going under the rocks, you know. So get back home. 
Yeah. Um. I hear what you're saying, Nathan. What's that? I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Okay. What, we might, what, I a, what did I say? Well, yeah, that the, just the thinking mind is just brings us a lot of uh, distress and suffering and. It brings all of it. Yeah, I, I am upset. Well, then I'm thinking. There's also there's also in the course it says beyond my right beyond my good thoughts and my bad thoughts are my real thoughts. Yes, yeah, I remember that mm -hmm. one too. And they're in the heart. They're not in the head. They're never gonna. Be and I do. I I think that we can. I, I think there's a. Like I go definitely go along with, I get the, the kind of the wisdom of that because the thinking mind is trying to solve without the Holy Spirit kind of using its own logic, and then that's mm -hmm. why it's and it's not capable of making judgments properly. And um, but I I still think we can train our minds to be guided by the Holy Spirit. But I but I but I all. Also, I'm aware that there's actually three places of thinking, the intestines, the heart, and the brain, and that we want to bring the brain under the guidance of the heart, like the brain should be a That's servant it. of the heart. And actually, there's, there's, if you've heard of the Baha'i tradition, like with Baha'u'llah and stuff, um, mm -hmm. there's a really great passage in there where it says, yeah, like that the, we should train our brain to be the happy, joyful servant of the heart, and the heart is like, is like the king and the, the brain should be like the servant and and that's only when the that's only when the brain is happy is when it's serving the will of the heart and when the heart likewise is serving the will of the spirit so it's like the the heart the bahá'u'lláh Baha, says the heart needs to be under the control of the spirit and the brain needs to be under the control of the heart mm -hmm. <clears throat> maybe you could say the heart is just is your right mind yeah, yeah. There's also the heart. That's where your treasure is. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> the heart and mind are one. You know, it's not two different things. But you're exactly right. It makes a very bad servant, and that's what we've let it do. We've let it be a master, in other words, and that's mm -hmm. not a function. Yeah. Oh, we got we're getting carried away. She says, okay. "It's so fun." All right, here we go. The appointed task. It cannot be that it is hard to do the task that Christ appointed you to do, since it is he who does it. And in the doing of it, will you learn the body merely seems to be the means to do it. For the mind is his. And so it must be yours. His holiness directs the body through the mind at one with him. And can I just really quickly comment on that just for an instant millisecond? Okay. Um, I remember in the workbook, I just really want to point out, it says that when our, when our mind is under the guidance of the Holy Spirit always, we will overcome the need for food, water, sleep, shelter, and, and distance won't be an issue. So that's really cool. I want to bring my mind under control. Holy Spirit, so we can be superheroes together. Okay.
And you are manifest unto your brother. Oh, sorry. Okay, since so he who does it. And in the doing of it, you will learn the body merely seems to be the means to do it. For the mind is his, and so it must be yours. His holiness directs the body through the mind at one with him, and you are manifest unto your holy brother, as he to you. Here is the meeting of the holy Christ unto yourself, nor are any differences perceived to stand between the aspects of his holiness, which meet and join and raise him to his Father, whole and pure and worthy of his everlasting love. How can you manifest the Christ in you, except you look on holiness and see him there? Perception tells you, you are manifest in what you see. Behold the body, and you will believe that you are there. And every body that you look upon reminds you of yourself, your sinfulness, your evil, and above all, your death. And would you not despise the one who tells you this and seek his death instead? The message and the messenger are one, and you must see your brother as yourself. Framed in his body, you will see your sinfulness, wherein you stand condemned. Set in his holiness, the Christ in him proclaims himself as you. Perception is a choice of what you want yourself to be, the world you want to live in, and the state in which you think your mind will be content and satisfied. It chooses where you think your safety lies at your decision. It reveals yourself to you as you would have you be. And always is it faithful to your purpose, from which it never separates nor gives the slightest witness unto anything the purpose in your mind upholdeth not. Perception is a part of what it is your purpose to behold, for means and end are never separate, and thus you learn what seems to have a life apart as none. You are the means for God, not separate, nor with a life apart from his. His life is manifest in you who are his son. Each aspect of himself is framed in holiness and perfect purity, in love celestial and so complete it wishes only that it may release all that it looks upon unto itself. Its radiance shines through each body that it looks upon and brushes all its darkness into light merely by looking past it to the light. The veil is lifted through its gentleness and nothing hides the face of Christ from its beholders. And both of you stand there before him now to let him draw aside the veil that seems to keep you separate and apart. Mm. Since you believe that you are separate, heaven presents itself to you as separate too. Not that it is in truth, but that the link that has been given you to join the truth may reach you, reach to you through what you understand. Father and Son and Holy Spirit are as one, as all your brothers join as one in truth. Christ and his Father never have been separate, and Christ abides within your understanding in the part of you that shares his Father's will. The Holy Spirit links the other part, the tiny mad desire to be separate, different, and special to the Christ, to make the oneness clear to what, it, to what is really one. In this world, this is not understood, but can be taught. The Holy Spirit serves Christ's purpose in your mind, so that the aim of specialness can be corrected where the error lies. 
because his purpose still is one with both the Father and the Son, he knows the will of God and what you really will. But this is understood by mind perceived as one, aware that it is one and so experienced. It is the Holy Spirit's function to teach you how this oneness is experienced, what you must do that it can be experienced, and where you should go to do it. In place as if they were discreet. For while you think that part of you is separate, the concept of a oneness joined as one is meaningless. It is apparent that a mind so split could never be the teacher of a oneness that unites all things within itself. And so what is this, what is within this mind and does unite all things together must be its teacher. Yet must it use the language which this mind can understand in the condition in which it thinks it is. And it must use all learning to transfer illusions to the truth, taking all false ideas of what you are and leading you beyond them to the truth that is beyond them. All this can very simply be reduced to this. What is the same cannot be different and what is one cannot have separate parts. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. You sure? Okay. Okay. So paragraph six, the last sentence. Because I think I really liked paragraph six. It helped me. Um, and I find it really helpful. Um, the last sentence I'm getting a little stuck with. And I'm wondering if someone can help me open that idea up a little bit more. It's, and thus you learn what seems to have a life apart has none. Meaning that the means and the ends do not have a life apart. Is that exactly what it's saying? Do you see this, boys and girls? What, which, which, <laughs> which sentence was? Paragraph six, the very last sentence. Okay. So it says, perception is part of what it is your purpose to behold, for means and end are never separate. And thus you learn what seems to have a life apart has none, meaning the means and the ends are never separate. Yes? Very Buddhist. Mm -hmm. A very Buddhist. Okay. Um, to me, that really helps a lot because I, um, in the work that I do with people, so I don't, coach only actors. I coach lots of different people uh, on their lives and their career and in their business. And like one of the things that I always talk about is how we get to that frantic state of mind. Where like, I have to get everything done. And your like to-do list is running your life all of a sudden. Um, and that, like a lot of times when I get in that place, I'll like stop everything and go into my living room and sit there and meditate for three hours and pray and ask about what my real purpose is. What is my really doing? And then I'll come back to whatever the task is, and it's like, Oop, do, 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 do. this is so easy. And all the words come to me, and I feel like I'm remembering what it is for, like we talked about what the purpose is for. Mm -hmm. like when awesome. I just, yeah, so when I have to send an email to like 14,000 people, I will literally go crazy because I'm like, every comma has to be in the right place, and it will take me days. And then if I go in the other room and pray and meditate for four seconds, I'll literally get the message that's like, I want this email to feel like a hug. Okay, does this email feel like a hug? Okay, now I can click send instead of click sweating so hard. So it kind of aligns me with my purpose in that way. Mm -hmm. So this, awesome. the means and the ends never being separate is so clear to me that when you're in flow with something, 
the outcome is going to be the biggest impact that it needs to have or do what it needs to do for people or what you want in alignment with what the universe and God wants for you, I guess is mm-hmm. what I find. You know, you know, when you're joyful, there's a reason you're being given joy. I think it's kind of true. Help me. Nice. Is it Deb's turn? Yeah, I I can't hear you guys. <laughs> um, so um, all I hear is I can't hear you guys. Um, the Holy Spirit will um link, you know, will will be uh, like it says on in paragraph eight. Um, the Holy Spirit links the other part. Um you know, the different special part to the Christ. And so that's the Holy Spirit's role. And um, it serves Christ's purpose in my mind. Um, so the Holy Spirit helps correct that specialness, that difference to unity in one mind, Christ's mind. Yeah. Um, I'll continue on what Deb was saying. Were you just talking about paragraph nine, did she say? She was talking about eight. Oh, okay. Well, paragraph nine, that hit me like a freaking rainbow because it was saying, um, it seems like the way I was interpreting this, it seemed like we're going to have a moment of enlightenment sometime that God sees and that the Holy Spirit will guide us how this oneness is going to be experienced, what you must do that it can be experienced, and where you should go to do it. That really resonates with me because a lot because at the end of the workbook of the Course in Miracles, it was Jesus was saying, "Okay, I put you in the Holy Spirit's hands now. He's going to tell you where to go and what to do from here." And I was like, "No, don't leave me." <laughs> but, but um but then i thought well now that I've, after the first time i read it i was like now that i finished the course of miracles does that mean that um whatever i'm guided to do to experience oneness is part of the holy spirit's guidance because it's it says the holy spirit is the teacher of all the teachers of god from every religion and around the world and from no religions Mm-hmm. And so that would mean he's the teacher of Christianity, Hinduism, yoga, Buddhism, Zen. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, and he's the inspired teacher of every wisdom tradition. So then it kind of feels like, it, but it also says, you know, use this course, you know, because this course is for you. But I, t- I feel like this p- statement kind of gives me a little bit of permission to, uh, in the middle ground to feel like, yeah, the things I'm guided guided in uh, are, are part of the goodness that the Holy Spirit has planned for me because I, I read the Course in Miracles every day and practice forgiveness with everyone but I also practice uh, yoga every day and, and meditation and um, breathing exercises and so this is just really kind of reassuring to me uh, and it really stuck out to me I take your faces. Okay, now I can see.
No. We should pray for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that was Jack. Jack. What? No, it's on her screen. What? Oh. So we don't know who it is. Holy Spirit's moving everywhere. Oh, oh. Deb. Okay. Deb. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Well, um, gentle and gracious God, um, thank you for this time together, for this fellowship. Um, we seek the help of the Holy Spirit to join our minds in healing for the rest of the world. Um, thank you for each and every person here. Uh, Unity, we're on. Mm-hmm. Have a great week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. <clears throat> Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Do you guys, does anybody want to join your mind in prayer with me to pray for, um... oh, yeah, Reverend Kelly? Yes. So, okay. Yeah. Um, let, let's have like a, let's actually have like an open format prayer. I'll just start, but then but then anything that you want to pray for in your life or your week, mm-hmm. I'll just dedi- lean my mind and my heart towards what you're praying for too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. Holy Spirit, um, thank you for being with us. I, I acknowledge your presence with us, and Holy Spirit, I. Um, Look towards uh, Reverend Kelly's uh, throat right now. Oh, Jesus, please do we have permission to pray for her? Okay, and so I look towards Reverend Kelly's throat and just uh, see her as God sees her with a healthy throat and healthy lungs. And God, I know that your will uh, is happiness for all of us. And um, I pray that um, that um, a healing miracle can rest around Reverend Kelly and uh, be that you gently and patiently uh, open up her, uh, um, just, just give her the things that, her mind needs to accept a healing from you gracefully and, and, and easily. Um, whatever needs to be forgiven or understood, I pray that her lessons would come in a very gentle, graceful way so that she can receive the miracle that you would have for her. And uh, um, above all else, I pray for um, just your wisdom to be expressed in this situation because we can't see the whole situation. Um, and then furthermore, um, may peace be with those guys that insulted um, Lydia. I think what's her name? Yeah, Lydia. And um, we pray that that they uh, ever. I just pray that they have a renewed heart of oneness of the of of humanity. And um, also, God, um, please guide us in our dreams and in our personal lives to um, uh, to go 
forward and well, actually through the guide me in my dreams go forward and backward through time uh, to to pray for all all injuries in the past and future and to bring them under um, the laws of of peace and and heaven and eternity because I know that you created us without any limits and that your holiness is unlimited in every situation to heal and yes. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you for lending your prayer. Yeah. That was a great class this week, huh? It was. Yeah, it was a great class, and it was a great prayer. <laughs> yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. You know, Lydia. Um, mm-hmm. You know. One of the things that came to mind, and I, I didn't know if it was a uh, time to bring it up at, at the time you mentioned it, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you know about the situation you were encountering, mm-hmm. you know, with your visitation and all. Um, you know, one of the things that came to my my mind was that one of the things I realized that Jesus did in in his his journeys and in his experience was that. He chose times to walk away, um, to basically distance himself from the people that were seeking him. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, Yeah. to to bring him, bring him harm or to judge him. Okay. He sought opportunities to just distance himself from it. And that's what he did. There were many times that he did that. And Ah, um, yeah. 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 It's because, and, and, and the, the way the Bible puts it is, is that it was just not his time, okay? Mm-hmm. And so basically what he's saying is that uh, there are times when people will, will misjudge you will, or will judge you, okay, mm-hmm. for whatever reason or another, and, and it's, it's just not a, it's not a good place to be. And and so for whatever reason, and you don't know all the reasons, and you mm-hmm. don't know whether it was or what 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 for or anything else, and you don't have to. And I've encountered many times in my life where I ventured into some place, in into some either some environment or some place that something said, you don't need to be here. You know? Yes. Yes. And and so I said okay. I'll listen, <laughs> and I distance myself from that. I don't. I didn't need to understand why. It could have been very minor. Could have been a major. It doesn't really matter. The thing is, was that I listened. And and yeah. for, you know, part of the listening for you was that the falling asleep thing. Okay, mm-hmm. you don't know what else. There may have been something else. There may not have been. Okay, but you encountered that for a reason. Okay. Yeah. And, Perhaps just another another thing that said you really don't need to be here. Yeah, and you know what? I I looked at it. I looked at it as like at first I was disappointed. I said, "Wow, I really can't make this drive." I mean, I I like to, but it gets over at ten. That's way past my bedtime. Um, yeah. I I can't drive for forty five minutes and you know stay alert. Um, so. I, I made the decision. I talked with my husband. 
and I said, yeah, I'm disappointed, but like, I just need to tell the moderator that like, I can't, I can't make it out there. And, and you know what? There was peace in that decision. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, peace came over the whole thing and I thought, wow, okay, I'm, I'm peaceful about this. So I'm, it must be a good decision. Yeah. Um, and I felt really great about it. <laughs> you know, that little encounter with that, with, with those teenagers, that mm -hmm. could have just been what you needed to get you past that edge of thinking that, you know, well, maybe I still could make this drive. You yeah. Know, maybe that's all it was for. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. You <laughs> know what? I, <laughs> I, I would really, I would really, um, have to admit that that was part of <laughs> well, Of course. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my goodness, um, because of course I've been to Northfield before, um, you know, to the cider mills and whatnot, and um, I, I'm, I'm never, um, I'm never ill at ease in, in a crowd of people. If, if I'm the only person of color, I'm not ill at ease. Yeah. But sometimes I get vibes and I don't want to be in an environment or a situation mm -hmm. and I'll just remove myself from it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, you know, that, that was clearly one of those, one of those instances. Um, and that, that was one of the deciding factors because I think I was going to try to make it there every week and try to push myself to stay yeah. awake and try to yeah. think of interesting things like playing Michael Jackson records or something like while I'm in the car, <laughs> like just, just so I could stay awake. But yeah. then I, then I thought, no, I'm just not, I'm not going to do it. Um, I just want to stay safe and stay, you know, in my environment. And um, then, um, and then our classes began and I was like, yay, I have community. <laughs> <laughs> I finally do have community. So um, I, that, that's like been a tremendous thing for me um, yeah. and connecting with everyone. I really am going to reach out to Regina because I just met her last week and now she's not a part of the class. Um, no, no, just like saw her on, you know, on our, in our, in our class. In our class, okay. Wow, and I thought, wow, I, I really wanted to get to know her, and I'm sorry that she's not going to be with her. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's so got I some will... good insight. And she's really open, you know, open to receiving, you know, receiving, uh, you know, guidance. She really is. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting to listen to her. Um, you know, I, I really do think that, that maybe that little incident that occurred uh, just – was what it was going to take to put you over the edge of realizing you just can't do that trip. But yeah. <laughs> I, I have, I have found myself in situations, you know, with other groups and I'm not really that uncomfortable with any group. Um, at least not anymore, but I, I used to be. And I found myself in a, a situation where I was, it was a totally, pretty much totally Hispanic group. And, and I was, I was feeling very self-conscious you know, and, and I didn't know where that was coming from, mm -hmm. you know, except that, you know, I was judging my, I, I know now I look back on it and say, I was judging myself for judging others. So we all do. And it, it's, it's just, it's just so common with us because we, we've grown up in a, an environment 
that uh, where prejudice is just a part of the experience. Mm-hmm. And, and we, it's like Jesus said, you know, Jesus was in the world, but he learned not to be of the world and he mm-hmm. overcame the world and all of its prejudices. Uh, and, and once you can get beyond that, you can start seeing the love in people and in yourself instead of looking at the things that you, you may choose to judge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's part of our, our, our effort is to let go of our judgments. And even yeah. though it's always going to be around us, and it's seemingly always going to be around us, uh, it's just something we have to contend with and be willing to overcome. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus said. So, um, and, and we just can't read into it more than what was there. But I thought your, what happened to you was very interesting because now I look at everything as being something that the Holy Spirit guided to give me an opportunity to see things differently. Yes. 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 You, you, I mean, you are, you are so much in touch. I love listening to you. Love listening to you talking and, and hearing what you're experiencing and how you're experiencing it. And I'm, I'm delighted. I'm, I'm very inspired. You know what? This has been the greatest experience for me. And I'll tell you this. I did want to study the course on my own, but for years I wanted to talk with someone just, um, just, and occasionally I did throw out some things, you know, just to friends and whatnot. And it was like, I was speaking Serbo Croatian. I could have been, I mean, I could have been from another planet speaking. Yeah. Uh, some language that had never been heard of before, and um, that's that's when I sort of backed off and sort of, you know, went in the closet, as it were. <laughs> and oh, just... yeah. yeah, it makes you want to do that because we're actually walking in our fear, and that was one of the other things I wanted to point out to you was that anytime you get that feeling, because I did it too. You know, and I, I finally had to come to realize that it was me driving myself, just building more walls, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if I wanted to stop building those walls, I had to stop judging myself. Yes. And realize that I needed to follow the guidance that Holy Spirit was giving me and not be afraid to put each, you know, put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. I can't keep doing that. You know, I can't keep building the, the blocks, the, the bricks, you know, just get harder and harder. And before you know, you're using acne bricks. That, you know, just, <laughs> I know. The, the, the walls that your ego will build yeah. to protect your specialness, this is, yeah. this is something that's so incredible because you think you're protecting something that's very precious. And actually, it's just another scam of the ego. To keep you from connecting, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I love, I love it every time I hear or read in the course that you know what specialness is, what mm-hmm. it does, what it means, and then I say, "You're not special." I'm looking at myself, and I'm saying, "You're not special." 
You're protecting something that's not there. You're not, you're not what you think you are. The only special I have, specialness I have is what, what God gave me mm-hmm. to begin with. And that's pretty wonderful. You don't, you don't need everything else. I mean, <laughs> I don't need to pretend to have something else, pretending that I have something that I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and that's, that's why you can let go of the judgment. Exactly. You, you can let go of the self-judgment because you were special to begin with. That's right. Well, and it's not really a matter of specialness, but I, I, I guess in my state of mind sometimes I need to look at it that way because mm-hmm. it helps me to overcome this other specialness that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. I am because I am. Uh, and, and it's because I can't see myself as the extension of God that, uh, that I can't see that clearly. That mm-hmm. I need to desire to see a specialness within me, mm-hmm. and until I can actually see myself as an extension of God, with without doubt, without question, mm-hmm. uh, then then I'm going to continue to have to use those tools, and Holy Spirit's going to give me those tools to use and and help me use them to to my best advantage to overcome this vision I have, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. of my specialness. <laughs> See, and you, you know what? It helps to think. I mean, what Deb said about having the Holy Spirit with her all the time, mm-hmm. that's, that's wonderful because you think, you know, every, every decision you make, you can just sort of think the Holy Spirit's with me. Um, what should I do? What should I do? Um, the, it's helped me. It's helped me in all sorts of situations become mm-hmm. less defensive because you're with the Holy Spirit. There's nothing to defend. Right. Um, if everything you perceive as an attack, even if like any rational person would see it as an attack, it's not an attack on you because you're, you're not who you think you are. Right. And this ego you're protecting, if someone says, um, I didn't like your cooking, that used to really, 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 really hurt me. Okay. <laughs> um, or I didn't particularly care for that. And now I can take it just like it is. I'm not, I'm not this great vegan chef. So like, if I'm not that, then what am I protecting? Right. What am I defending? Yeah. There's nothing to defend. The Holy Spirit says, take this criticism and say, okay, maybe next time I'll put less salt in it. Or maybe next time, you know, I won't use this or something like that. But Well, you can take it and turn it around also to not only, not only help them, but help you. And I mean, you can say, yeah, when I first started cooking this dish, I couldn't stand it either. <laughs> <laughs> I've been making changes and, you know, can you recommend anything? You know, <laughs> Absolutely. Turn it around. You know, the, one of the things that has come to me recently is that, that I need to look at the love within the other person and help them see the love within themselves, you know, in, yeah. in all their projections that they do. And, and in so doing, I find myself stepping outside that arena of judgment. 
I'm actually seeking yeah. to help them, you know, to see the love within them so they can change their mind. Mm-hmm. You know? And even seeing it, not saying anything about it, but even seeing it yeah. helps them. Yeah. Helps them tremendously. Oh my God. I think that I think that's my cue to um get my husband's uh, lunch on the table. So <laughs> Well you have a great week. Thank you. You too. You too. And I will see you next time, okay? Sounds great. <laughs> bye bye. Now I gotta get up um put my glasses back on. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.